region. 3D printing is perfect hobby for all ages and all experiences. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. On the web at Fargo3dprinting.com. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly, Fargo, Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo, Moorhead, and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Guess what? We have just broken into your radio, and it is Monday, Attitude Era Monday Live time with your host, the Icon, and we have Granny Hulkster with us as always. How are you? I'm okay, Icon. Ready for another great show on Ken's 89.1 FM. And let's not forget that today is our seventh anniversary show today. Uh, Our show started seven years ago, the Monday after... WrestleMania is when we started, and that is this Monday. It's today, and we've had a lot of changes since our humble beginnings. We've done a lot of changes. We've had a lot of co-hosts, a lot of stuff going on. We have Granny here with us and our buddy Matthias, the Modern Nightmare. will be here to spook us shortly. I know he got caught in traffic. For those of you who don't know, out here in Fargo, North Dakota, where we have four seasons, winter flood, road construction, and football, uh, we are actually uh, in the midst of a big snowstorm on the way here. They're talking 17 to 22 inches here in Fargo. And they're also talking now about uh, possible flooding and other stuff here in the metro. We're hoping that that is not going to happen. But things are pretty much going to be shut down here in my hometown for the next couple of days. I understand <laughs> that schools are closed for the next three days. I understand that the buses are not running the next two days. And... Who knows if we'll be able to get to work in the next couple of days. But we all have precautionary members. We're all going to uh, – precautionary measures, and we're all going to be safe here. And I know Granny, in her area, they've been uh, getting some tornadoes, I guess. Yeah, um, Friday, Little Rock, um, Shorewood, Jacksonville areas, um, even in Indiana, Tennessee. I know this morning I saw that – Georgia was experiencing tornado warnings, but um, they're talking possible bad storms again, severe storms again tomorrow, possibly for a lot of Arkansas. So it is unfortunately that time of season, tornado, but I have a lot of friends who live in the Jacksonville, Little Rock, Sherwood area, and a lot of those people, you know, prayers just for everybody that experienced the kind of damage that they did. I mean, it was horrible. I know it's, it's. I know. I know it's pretty good. I, I, you're in Tornado Alley, right? Well, I'm in the northwest part of Arkansas, but um, last year Springdale had like a E3 or E4 tornado go through on the east part of town, which is, you know, not very far from where I live. But 
I, w- I had a lot of strong winds, but I wasn't affected by that. But, you know, Springdale got hit with a tornado last year. So it does happen, unfortunately. Well, you know, we, we were kind of worried about you here because I, I know that, you know, you're out in Arkansas there, and we heard some of the weather stuff going on, and we're glad that everything's okay, and we're hoping it all misses you. And, you you know, the best of you and your family, and uh, be safe out there as always. But, you know, you can't you can't do nothing about the weather, as they say. You wish you could, but you really can't, unfortunately. <clears throat> so anyway, this is uh, as we were talking about. This is episode number three twelve in our since we changed it to Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, and like I say, we've been doing this now for seven years, and we have a lot of episodes under our belt. Uh, I believe our total amount of episodes is five hundred and thirty three. Not too many podcasts can say that, that they've had that many, and not too many podcasts can say that they actually became a full-fledged radio show on the air. And we're proud of what we've accomplished here. We're not done. We're not going away. 89.1 Ken's FM is bringing us to the masses, and we're entertaining the masses as well. And we want to appreciate everybody that's been joining us over the last seven, several, several years, including the last two years on 89.1 Ken's FM and our fans that we've amassed over the last seven years since we started. Now, Granny, I believe you started with us on our, was it our fourth year? Have you been with us for three years or have you been with us for four years now? Um, three, I mean, three or four. I've been here a while. I mean, I started with you, well, I actually called in as a guest, well, not even as a guest, but I called in as a caller because I knew one of your guests personally that night, my very good friend, Chelsea Stackhouse. Her husband, uh-huh. Sam, is a independent professional wrestler here in the state of Oklahoma. And uh, so I called in because I knew Chelsea, and it was just a couple of days later that you and Big Swing contacted me and asked me if I would like to be a part of the show. And uh, we've uh, we've been uh, we've been so proud, and we've been happy to have you ever since. And I believe Matthias just walked in, if I'm not mistaken. Are you there? Yep, I am here. And I think this is your second year with us, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I'm working on I'm working up to two years now, being on uh, 89.1 Ken's FM. So yeah, so we we've had a lot of stuff going on. We got we got a big show tonight. So let's go ahead and list our guests. We're going to have James Quinn, the Mighty Quinn. We're going to have Ryan Dalton from Celebrity Boxing, and we're going to have Deborah Richard. She's returning tonight as a special guest. She's already a member of the Five Timers Club, but she was actually the very first guest, mainstream guest I booked for our show several several years ago so she's going to join us we were supposed to have the founder of our show uh dustin with us but unfortunately he was unable to join us tonight but that's okay we'll we'll get dustin on another time uh with his with his current career you know you have to he has to go to bed at 8 8 p.m and get up at like 4 p.m so we understand that but we we love dustin and hopefully the big swing will join us sometime tonight for this great, great event. Anyway, let's catch everybody up. What, uh, what's been new with Matthias lately? 
Well, uh, after recuperating from my injuries from Wisconsin at the one show, I've just been recuperating and working after watching WrestleMania. Well, not watching it, but hearing a lot about it. Um, I'm just getting ready for my booking this Saturday in Dickinson, North Dakota at the Astoria Hotel, where I'll be taking on Nick the Natural Nelson in the main event for the EWI Epic Championship, and I will uh, be having that piece of gold come with me back home to Fargo so that I could display both my world championships under my belt. And we definitely want to do that. And I want to let everybody know that the Icon actually had a health scare this weekend. I was in the ER Saturday night into Sunday morning. Uh, it turns out that I have a little bit of uh, I had a little bit of a scare. Um, I was doing my weekly weekend activities, and I uh, was not feeling the best. I felt a little lump on my uh, on my chest area here, and uh, I didn't know what it could be, and I didn't really want to get checked out. So it was my wife that said, "We are going to get you looked at." And it turns out that I have to have surgery for a hernia. I'm not looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, what the heck, I had two heart attacks 10 years ago, and now I have a hernia 10 years later. So I just hope that uh, this is not going to be the start of uh, a lot of health problems for me, as we, uh, me and my wife had a lot of good stuff coming on the horizon. But I'm not going to bore anybody with that. But uh, my wife and I do have a big announcement. Hopefully that we will be able to make it on this show uh, in about uh, three weeks, I would guess. So, you know, if any, I, I, I know that uh, we don't want to bore anybody with my medical conditions, but, you know, I just want to let everybody know that I'm going to be okay. And uh, I'll probably have surgery in about two weeks. I don't plan on missing any show time because you're going to have to pull me out of here with my teeth marks still on the uh, <laughs> on the board. So, anyway, we'll continue here. Oh, Icon, I had, you know, I had some, I well, you know, I shared last week, you know, that I was going to have some exciting news, you know, and, you know, and I was supposed to pick up Bobby Fulton, one half of the greatest, one of the greatest tag teams ever, the Fantastics, Saturday at XNA Airport to take him to, down South Championship Wrestling in Mulberry, Arkansas, Saturday for our event. Well, unfortunately, Bobby called me at 3.30 Saturday morning and says, I hate to bother you, but he says, I know it's early and I'm so, I apologize so much for waking you up, but Delta had canceled his flight, or his original flight, had him on standby flying from Ohio where he lives to Atlanta, but he wouldn't have gotten into XNA until 11.30. Saturday night. Now, Bobby Fulton uh-huh. is our new general manager for Down South Championship Wrestling. And he was right. coming to bring law and order back to Down South Championship Wrestling because Bobby, Bone Crusher Bobby Burns and his Texas Outlaws, which I like to call him Crybaby Bobby Burns because he whines and complains all the time. They have been trying to run DCW, and they say they're the ones in control, yada, 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 yada. Well, Bobby Fulton was going to be bringing back law and order to that company. Well, because he could not be in attendance, I personally got to be interim general manager for the night. 
And Bobby was running out there, running his... Bobby was running his mouth, you know, trying to get Jeff Jett to join his Texas Outlaws. And Bobby starts back towards the ring. Well, they're playing Hulk Hogan's original theme music, I'm a Real American. And out from behind the curtain comes Granny Hulkster. I said, Bobby Burns, I said, you get right back in that ring. Don't you go anywhere. You get right back in that ring because I have something I have to say to the DCW fans and to you. So Granny got to be in charge Saturday night. Well, that that must have been fun. Well, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely talk more about that uh, as the show goes on. But that uh, that sounds interesting. Granny it in charge. I don't. I don't think I don't think I'd mess with Granny. Uh, but I know Matthias. You probably would. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> but just think, you know, Matthias, if you would have been around, she probably could have, uh, she probably could have put you in some kind of match or something, you know, like a, uh, a, uh, last man standing or a dumpster match or. Well, I mean, that would have been more than what she do, does for me already. She tells me she's going to get me down there in Arkansas and I haven't heard a single invite from any promoters. I mean, if she took over hey, and she invited well, me. Right now, right now, uh, like I said, the one promoter that I was going to hook you up with, he is in the middle of getting a his new location started for future shows, and he also is using it as their training center right now for their wrestlers. So the, we're working on that, Matthias. Just you know, he knows about you, so he, he better. He has been tight. Well, he knows about you, and um. You know, and uh, Granny, Granny had a promise that company, you would not bring Professor J. Fox with you. Oh, don't oh, worry, God, no. after 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 May, you know, we've we've got ourselves a tag team match uh, for the uh, BZW World Tag Team Titles, and uh, things are starting to uh, look up for us. But you know, you never know what's going to happen with uh, with the world of professional wrestling. We could be tag team champions today, gone tomorrow, or we could be. A faction today, not tomorrow. You know, you just got to see what happens. Or you could be getting and a call And there is from, another uh, company in Arkansas that has recently started that I am going to give the promoter and the people involved with Diamond State Wrestling your information, Matthias. So. Excellent. I'm going to get down there and I'm going to be. I'm going to start a rivalry with Granny Hulkster. I'm excited. Or uh, you could get a job with the WWE slash UFC. Wouldn't that be nice? I'd be okay with that. Get into the big leagues. But we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a little while. But uh, as of right now, we need to take a quick little commercial break. It looks like our first guest is ready, so we need to take a quick little break. Listen to one of our sponsors. We'll be back after these messages. Stick with us. So you're outside looking at that ticking time bomb of snow on your roof. A phone call to Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal will solve that problem. They can be reached at 701-866-9018 or at Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal on Facebook. Their concrete work includes driveways, sidewalks, walkways, approaches, garage floors, patios, and shed pads. Plus, they offer decorative or stamped concrete as well. And all estimates are free. Once winter is over, they are ready for any concrete project you have. Elevated Concrete and Snow Removal at 701-866-9018. 
And there is going to be a lot of snow here in the Fargo-Moorhead area, so call them now. If you want to have that snow removed, they'll take care of you. But, ladies, what are the updated totals we got going on? Oh, they're thinking 22 inches. Oh, my gosh. And that's why the schools are shut down, and that's also why the uh, that's also why the um, uh, buses are not going to be running for the next two days. But we'll talk about that a little bit. But right now, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle. He is a man that packs a mighty punch. He is the man that graces our presence. He is James the Mighty Quinn. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good. How's it going, man? Going real good. How about yourself? Good. Uh, if you want to do that quick little rhino for us, then we'll, uh, then we'll start the interview and have a little fun with you. You got it. Here it goes. Hey, this is James Quinn. You're listening to the Attitude Air Monday, live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the god wrestling, granny hulkster, and the modern-day nightmare, Matthias. All right, James, how are you, sir? Good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us on our seventh anniversary show. Thanks for gracing us with your presence. We appreciate it. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Happy to be here. All right, so here's how we're going to do this here. Uh, I'm going to ask a few questions, and we'll do a roundtable, and we'll come back to me and ask you the tougher questions. But first off, let's have you give a little background about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. I'm an actor by trade. I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I still live in Pittsburgh. I've been been at the game for probably about 16, 17 years now. been going pretty hard on the independent circuit for probably the last 12 years of that. Um, when I'm not acting, you know, I, I like to get into a lot of physical fitness and hang out with the family, things of that nature. Uh, and I do a lot of writing, too. Uh, I'm writing scripts now, and I'm producing my own films. Uh, I do a little bit of everything these days. That's awesome. You know, one thing I do want to ask you about, you, you've done a lot of stuff, and we here on 89.1 Kent's FM, we do get our information mostly from imdb.com. So if anything is wrong there, You'll have to fire them and not our producer. But let's talk about some of the movies that you've been in. You were in The Dark Knight Rising, which uh, you played uh, Gothamite, which is interesting. And probably one of your bigger pictures, correct me if I'm wrong, was The Sandman, where uh, you, you, you were a boxer, I'm, I'm assuming, right? I was, yeah. I played Grady Sanders. I was uh, the former middleweight champion of the world. Now, was that based on a true story? You know what, uh, part of it was there was a lot of true events. I actually wrote the script myself um, based on some things that I've been going through in my own real life. And then we kind of just put like a, a supernatural element to the show that we had never seen before uh, with a boxer. And I thought it was kind of interesting, and I think the, the film festivals took it that way too. They really thought that was pretty intriguing to have a boxer with some supernatural capability. Now, did you have to do a lot of training for that role, or are you, are you just a natural boxing athlete? Because I, I can tell you're, you're built like a brick house, but what kind of training did you have to do for that role? There was a lot of training, uh, but I actually was an amateur boxer in my younger days, and so I, you know, I kind of had the, the basics down and all the, the fundamentals that I needed. I was just getting myself back into that rhythm, so I, I come up with some professional fighters here in Pittsburgh, Jose Carabayo, who was in softball, and he and I got together, and we kind of mapped out how we wanted to make the film, and we just it was just a couple of months of intensive training. It was a lot of diet and exercise and just keeping yourself strong-willed and paying attention to the game plan. Uh, but it was, it was a lot. It was pretty intensive. 
Now, when you're on the set, did you uh, accidentally knock anybody out? <laughs> no. No, we talk about it all the time. Like, we wanted everything to look good, but we, we have a few shots that got through that we didn't really, you know, all the time want to go as hard as we could. We wanted everything to look authentic, though. Some shots got in. We, we had some soreness and some red marks the next day. But, you know, that's all part of the boxing game. So, everybody... And uh, you uh, you were also just recently pictured on, uh, hopefully this is real, uh, you were on uh, a movie, uh, a magazine called Scribe, the January 2023 issue, is that correct, or was that is that a farce? No, yes, absolutely it was, yeah, Scribe, the good people of it. And uh, let's see, you're on the cover with, uh, uh, who are you on the cover with? She looks beautiful. Yeah, that was yeah Janelle, and I'm trying. To, I think it's Chochelle. I always pronounce her name wrong, but she's uh, I believe a model in the New York and LA areas. Man, you're yeah. and then you're also on uh, probably one of the coolest uh, covers, uh, the uh, Relatable Voice magazine, and uh, you. Uh, uh, now, don't take this the wrong way because I know you could beat me up, but. Well, I'm looking at like the picture where they have all the different words from the magazine. Like they have like a like a, a, a like a pill bottle or something on your thing. The the way they got your right. picture, you kind of look like the you kind of look like the human operation guy. <laughs> and they they picked the pictures, but yeah, I thought it was. Uh, they had a lot of different things going on in that magazine, which I thought was pretty cool. But yeah, um, I thought it was a pretty interesting issue. They worked really hard on the artwork, but yeah, <laughs> I hadn't thought about it like that. <laughs> uh, James Quiz, I guess you're on 89.1 Kids FM. We got uh, 24 minutes here with the big man. Uh, here's what we're going to do, uh, James. We're going to do a quick little roundtable here, and then we're going to come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the tougher questions about uh, 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 going up against probably one of my, uh, well, not probably, he is my favorite superhero, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, Granny, what do you have for our guest, James the Mighty Quinn? Well, welcome to the show. It's a privilege and honor to have you on with us tonight you sound like a man of many talents and i you know remember that movie you know the dark knight rising very good movie and uh you know it just uh so what is your favorite thing that you enjoy doing the most is it the writing the acting you know boxing you know sports what's your what's your most favorite thing that you enjoy doing and you can't say this show because that'd question. be too easy. <laughs> That's a really good question, Granny. It's um, I actually I love the acting first and foremost because it just allows me a release that you don't get in regular everyday life. Sometimes escaping into a character and creating a story and creating characters from from scratch and just becoming something else. I think there's just something very therapeutic about that. So definitely acting for me, but if I had to pick a second favorite, it's writing. I love creating a story and just kind of seeing where how things unravel. So I love the creative process. That's awesome. Now uh, I do want I do want to introduce you to uh, uh, our our next uh, co-host, the Modern Nightmare Matthias. And uh, I guess uh, before we inter- before he uh, introduces himself, we do have a little disclaimer. So we're going to play that real quick. Oh, announcement. Has been paid for by the new world order. All right, Matthias, oh what do you got? Go ahead. 
Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my part of the program. Um, my main question to you would be, is what is one of the more difficult roles you've had to to portray yourself as throughout your entire career? One of the more difficult roles. Um, that's a good question, too. I like that. So I guess anything when, when you have to portray anything of the physical nature or you have to become something that you aren't every day, right? So I'd say when I did Sandman as, as the boxer, going back to something I hadn't done in some time, yes, it was familiar, but uh, getting back into a mindset of somewhere that I was, some of the story that took place in there was very true to me. And I'd gone through a lot of things in a, in a corrupt union in my early days. And so reliving that um, was actually pretty difficult to have to go back and do. That was that was one thing. Um, and I also, in another role, I had to actually play a guy battling some demons that lost his wife, and, and he was had a drug problem and he couldn't he couldn't get past things and he just really wanted to end things and putting yourself in a dark mindset like that I think uh, it's it's really it's really a wild place to be and it, sometimes it's a little slow coming back out of it. Okay, and then is there a role out there that you have yet to portray as, or is there like a kind of character you've been uh, wanting to work on for years that you just haven't had the opportunity to or anything like that? Yeah, there's probably a few. I know, like, I'm a, I'm a big film noir buff, so I would love to play, like, Humphrey Bogart's one of my favorite actors, so I would love to play, like, an old 1940s uh, detective. I think there's just something a lot of fun about that, their dialogue, their demeanor, the way they their banter with one another. Uh, it was just a whole different style of acting back then, the black and white. Uh, something like that I would really, really get a kick out of and enjoy playing. Okay, and then let's take you back to, like, the very beginning when you, like, first kind of started all this. If somebody came up to you and said, all right, you've got one choice for the rest of your life. Do you want to do live the physical life, like the health and fitness stuff you've been doing, or they said you can either do behind-the-scenes work for movies or you can be an actor. You can only choose one. Which one would you choose and why? I'm going to go with acting if I only get one, just because it's it's changed my life in so many different ways and opened so many doors and just it's opened me up to so many things that I didn't even think were possible. And I've met so many amazing people along the way. It's been one heck of a journey. It's something that I wouldn't take back for anything in the world. Fair enough. Now, one thing, uh, one thing I do want to ask you. Uh... Yes, I love it. Yeah, our, our producer at, uh, asked if he could play that for you because uh, he, uh, for some reason, he loves that song and it's a good song. And I, I don't know why have they not started calling you the Mighty Quinn? I mean, that'd be perfect. That'd be a perfect theme song for you. You know what? That's, that's a good question. I love it, man. I, I always thought that would be a great theme song. They used to back in my construction days when I was working construction. That was something that I got tagged with. <laughs> Now, uh, one thing I, I would like to ask you here, a couple other movies that uh, you've done before we talk about uh, The Dark Knight, uh, you were in a movie called Checkmate. 
Yes. What, 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 was that uh, was that a uh, was that like a uh, was that a mystery movie? Could you tell us about that? Yeah, Checkmate was was actually an action thriller. I was an independent film, much like uh, like like The Born Identity. It had some mixed martial arts. It was about human trafficking. Uh, I actually my character was the infamous Checkmate. He was the guy pretty much doing the trafficking, killing a lot of people, kidnapped the mayor and his daughter, the chief of police. Um, so he was kind of like this this infamous checkmate killer that nobody ever saw, but they had heard about for for so many years, and they couldn't catch up with him. And so in this particular film, he ends up killing the ex chief of police and then kidnapping the new chief of police's daughter. And you know, there's a guy that's in the wrong place at the wrong time, a innocent bystander, has to help ch- try to save the chief's daughter throughout the whole film and, and protect her from me, which is not an easy task to do in this film. Uh, we shot it all over the city of Pittsburgh, you know, uh, downtown Pittsburgh, the north side of Pittsburgh, uh, the city where the, where the bridges were and the rivers, man. It just it looked beautiful. Cinematography was fantastic. Um, it's playing on uh, Tubi now, I believe, and Prime Video. And I believe it's out on YouTube as well. Now, one thing I'd like to ask you, and I don't think I've really ever asked an actor this, with with the movie Checkmate, you know, you were on the poster – you know, you're on the you're on the cover art, Sandman. You're on the cover art, and then like the Dark Knight Rising, you were in the movie, but you're uncredited. So as an actor, what is? Uh, could you try and take us through how how cool it is to see yourself on the on the cover art and then not be in a movie and then not get credited? Yeah, it's um, there's a lot of ups and downs in the business. So, so I'll, I'll take you back to the Dark Knight Rises first. So it was. It was I had just been back for a little while, and I ended up landing what they call a feature role. Um, and then as a one of the Gothamites, which was during the prison break, we were one of the people outside fighting where you see this. Probably 150 people fighting on the streets with Batman outside the prison when they make the jailbreak. And so what they do is since you don't have a what they call a distinctable prominent role, you're not uh, with you know tattooed with with a handful of lines. They'll call it an uncredited role. So it's their way of giving you credit for being seen, but not giving you full credit for being a primary actor. Um, and in the case with, with cover art, it was great because it's recognizing you as one of their leading stars and um, being able to, to see yourself and be able to market that film, that's a whole different ballgame. But I love the fact that I was part of The Dark Knight Rises just because it was being in Gotham City is something that I'll, you know you can never take away from me. I was there. Uh, it was really surreal to to be in what they would call quintessential New York City's Gotham. Um, that was something that was pretty super cool. But but yeah, I, I wish I, I had maybe a bigger plug in it. But it's it's part of the journey, you know. You you take what you can get early on, and you're very grateful, and then you keep climbing that ladder. And but things like being on the cover art start to happen. Uh, James Quinn is our guest here on eighty nine point one Kent FM. We got about fifteen minutes here with our big man. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, you go to 89.1, Ken's FM. You go to Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that, like Ken's page, uh, do a $10 a month donation to Power the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win an autographed picture from past guests, current guests, and future guests. And I do appreciate uh, uh, Mr. Quinn here. He did send us some good stuff. So uh, those will be uh, coming on uh, our giveaway show. We'll be sticking around for that. Now, one question I'd like to ask you, one movie I'd like to ask you about, I, I know you had a kind of a small role in that too, but uh, Pro Wrestlers versus Zombies. Now, that had to be a wild event. Yes, it really was, man. That was We did that in 2013, 
I came into the casting late, so <clears throat> I ended up being one of their featured zombies on that. But we worked with the late, great Rowdy Piper, Shane Douglas, uh, Matt Hardy. There were so many cool wrestlers that I grew up um, idolizing and watching. Man, it, was, it was a good time. Bob, can you hear me? You got to be with, you got to be with Jim Duggan? Oh, Jim Duggan, yeah, absolutely, man. Hacksaw was there. And just so many, so many cool, cool guys, a lot of independent guys climbing a ladder. And it was just, it was just absolute chaos where they were shot. Some of it was in West Virginia. Some of it was outside of the Pittsburgh limits. Um, there was an old prison that we shot in that had been closed down for 15 years in West Virginia. It had no heat, no electricity. It was, it was cold. It was a January winter's day, but we were having a blast, man. I, I actually spent one of my lunch breaks just with me and Hot Rod walking around the prison, checking things out, man. And it was very, very good moments in there. Um, and in fact, if you're familiar with Roddy Piper's work, and I'm sure most of you are, it, you know they yes, reenacted the coconut scene. If you ever seen this movie, you'll see it. They kind of reenact his whole coconut scene, the infamous spot, and uh, that was you know, that was kind of cool too. You know, Roddy Piper will always be one of my biggest wrestling heroes, and the fact that you actually got to hang out with him uh, was was. I mean that 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 had to have uh, made your decade at the time. It did. Absolutely. It did. He's one of my all-time favorites. He's a class act um, to see him in person. And people don't always realize, because he was such a great wrestler, that how good of an actor he actually is. He was a SAG card-carrying actor for, for many, many years, and he did a lot of great films. And uh, he's very professional on set to see how his mind works and operates. And, and he took to me real quick. You know, we were the only two left in the prison for our lunch break, and so we just took our own little private tour and started picking things out of the prison we liked and didn't like. And There wasn't many things we did like there, but we had a good time looking. <laughs> so now, were you act- did you actually, when you were filming this role, did you, were you actually, did you actually stay in the prison? We, no, we didn't sleep there, if that's what you mean, but we, no, we, we did a lot of filming inside the prison, though. Um, and so sometimes you were having your breaks there too and your lunches and your coffee breaks and things like that. But night night you would just go to your hotel. Cause I was going to say if the director said, uh, Oh, by the way, we don't have any hotels for you. You guys get to sleep in the prison. I would have said, well, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to get Roddy's autograph and I'm going to take off. Thanks for the opportunity though. <laughs> you know what? If it was a summer's day, I may have tried, but the fact that it was, it was probably about 13 degrees out in January. Uh, there was no way we could have survived it. <laughs> Now you have uh, you have some other projects coming up now too, don't you? I do. Yeah, we we have a couple of things in development. I have a film that's doing real well in the film festival circuits right now uh, called the the Twelfth Letter with myself and James Storm about a veteran battle on PTSD. Um, that was that was a good time. It's been winning a lot of awards, so we're kind of letting that run out because they want to do the next version of it's based off a book written by Jackie Havorka. So they want to go to go to Texas, I guess, either later this year or early next year and film the next version of that movie. And I got a new series in development called Strange Angels, based off the book Strange Angels, written by Ernest Keegan. And that's a that's a boxing uh, neo noir type drama. That's going to be a lot of a lot of fun with that one too. Now, do you know when uh, your uh, when when do you guys start filming that one? That one we're start we're scheduled to start uh, the last week of April as of now. It could get pushed to the first week of May. I'm hearing, but it's coming up pretty quick. And I see that you're also in one of my uh, parents' favorite shows, Mayor of Kingstown. Oh yes, that was a good time. Yeah, we we shot. I was part of the last two episodes of that last season, and that was that was a good time. Plus, it was in my hometown too, which was nice, uh, right outside the Pittsburgh limits. And 
a good time. I didn't didn't get any scenes with, with Jeremy Renner, and uh, I know he's healing up real well, so we're wishing him a speedy recovery. Uh, but it was uh, that that show gets a lot of, um, a lot of views, and a lot of people really seem to love it right now. All right, James Quinn is our guest here. We got ten minutes here with James. Now I'll understand if you don't want to answer this question, but I, I just have to kind of ask it. Is there any series that you've been in, or any project that you've done? You're like, oh man, why did I do this? And then it was like one project that you're like, I can't wait to get this going. I hope they, I hope I get to do more. Yeah, I mean, it's I've I've been I'll say it like this. I've been very grateful to for every project that I've ever done, and every project has has taught me something new. So I've always learned from them. Um, but there's there's been a couple where maybe the the budgets weren't quite there, and then the crew were not getting along, and the directors weren't getting along with people, and so they they never really saw the light of day. A couple of those films, and it kind of made for bad personalities, and just you know, it was a trickle down effect to where people weren't happy on set. And I really don't like that. I, I kind of like to go in there with a positive vibe all the time. But I've had other sets where you know things have been tremendous. We did a movie called Before the Border where everybody was just happy to be with everyone every day and you don't see that all the time and that was a great learning experience we filmed that in new york and that's on uh, pure affliction prime video right now so i've had some some really great experiences but there have been a few that you just you just make a list of things that you just don't want to have to do again but you know it's a learning experience and you're glad you did it now is there an actor or actors that you like you really want to work with that you haven't had the opportunity yet but you're hoping to like I, I know that you like to do a movie with me. I, I know that you don't have to mention that, but uh, there's got to be like a yeah, there's got to be like an actor and actress that you like really want to work with that you want to do a film with. Yeah, there, I mean there's so many, but uh, if I pick one up front, it would be Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is one of my all-time favorites. Uh, I would love to to work with him someday. Haven't met him, haven't worked with him, so I think that would be a great time. You know, uh, I actually met. Uh, uh, Michael Keaton, uh, let's see, what was it, back in 1990, I believe. And uh, we were talking about, uh, do you know how Michael Keaton got his start? On uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, to my knowledge. Yep, yep, yep. He started on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. He actually was a guy that used to run the picture picture. And uh, instead of talking about the movies of him, I liked, like, Mr. Mom and, uh, Batman and all this. Uh, I was asking about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. I felt so bad. Uh, no wonder why he walked away from me. I can understand that now, but you know, you know, <laughs> you know how it is. Uh, so Absolutely. now, are you? Um, uh, you said that you have a you have a series coming out, and you're going to be working on that. Uh, what uh, what what does the rest of you look like? How many other projects do you think uh, you you're, you're going to be jumping into, and that you have in the works right now? I, right now, I got two or three in upcoming in the works. I got another like, action drama coming up that I'll be playing a detective in, modern day type. Um, but I know I got a lot of auditions and a lot of failures out there too. So the second half of the year is looking promising, but I don't know exactly what that's going to be. You don't know until the agent calls. You know what I mean? That's that's the thing of the business. Um, I do have a couple penciled in. Like I said, we got Strange Angels. That's an eight episode series. It's got to get done right now, so that's going to occupy some time. And then I'm going to work on the new detective film Vindication that's coming out soon later in the year. So I mean I do I do have those penciled in, and then the twelfth letter obviously is right around the corner to do the next feature version of that film. And so we do have those things in the works, but I probably have dozens and dozens of auditions out there right now. I'm just waiting to hear back on you know what's going to come to fruition. 
Now, are you, uh, with, uh, with that being said, now, are you going to be uh, getting to do, like, uh, a, a lot of traveling? Like, you, are you going to be, like, doing any filming, like, overseas, like, in Europe or any place like that, or is it going to be mostly here in the States? I sure hope so. I, I would love to. Um, but uh, a lot of it, I think, is going to be mostly in the States now. Like I said, one's lined up in Texas. There'll be another one, I believe, in the Cincinnati area. And then we're just kind of where, wherever the cards may lie. I'm trying to get back up to New York here later in the year. Nothing out of the country as of now this year, but I would love to, to get over to the U.K. and work someday. That's one of my goals. Now, you said you, you're in the process of doing the 12th letter right now. Have you started it, or is it close to being completed? Yeah, well, we did a, a shorter version of the 12th letter that's at the film festival, so the, that's completed, and that was for we did that for our veterans, and so they, they were getting the message out there for the book. So the feature film version has not been started yet. That's going to be, I'm thinking, somewhere between November of this year and probably spring of next year. So they're just waiting to get finalization on that so that we can get up to Galveston, Texas, to film it where they meant to be. And the, Well, the reason why I was asking is because you uh, actually were in that movie with uh, one of the guys I really enjoy. And, I'll, and like I say, I'll understand if you, you turn me down on this, but uh, you got to be in with James Storm. Uh, any way that you can hook us up with him or try to? <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, that's up to James. He's a great guy, man. Love love working with James. He's as professional as they come when it comes to acting. He's just like me. He's the first one on set and the last one to leave. Um, but I'd I'd be I'd be happy to, to make that recommendation. At the end of the day, I know a lot of things go through his agent, so willing to to take a look at it. You know, check let him know about you. Well, yeah, yeah. Whatever you can do would be great. Uh, we have uh, James Quinn as our guest here, and uh, we got uh, we got five minutes. And I wish it were five more years because you, you've just been awesome, sir. But if our fans want to check you out and see you, so we don't forget this, uh, do you have a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok? What do you got? Yeah, a little bit of everything. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that is at Real James Quinn. That's real James Quinn. I try to keep it pretty simple so that everything can be found on the, on the same page. Which is really cool, I mean, because you don't have, like, uh, the Mighty Quinn on TikTok. You have James Quinn on <laughs> Instagram. You have Mr. Quinn on Facebook. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's really awesome, all the stuff that you've done and all the stuff that you're going to do. The, uh, I may have to do the Mighty all, Quinn. I might have to change all my logos now. Well, hey, and I'll tell you what, if you start getting more bookings because of that, I, I would like some residuals for that. Absolutely. Why not, right? Somebody got it. Like, if that's uh, going to make me well, money, I'd, we all make some, right? Well, yeah, like, uh, I don't know, like maybe a two of one of your sets or something, or, uh, uh, you know, me and Matthias can come out and be your bodyguard because I know Matthias can stop a bullet at once. Absolutely. That would be interesting. I'd love <laughs> to have you guys. Love to have you. That's awesome. And uh, now uh, you uh, you said that uh, you are doing some writing. You do you do a lot of writing and stuff. Are, is there any projects that uh, that uh, that you have in the works that you want to make yourself? I yeah, I do have a couple of things right now. I've been writing uh, actually a pilot uh, called called A Wanted Man. It's still in, in the early stages, but it's a that's another action thriller. You know, about an ex operative, government operative on the run being accused of something that he didn't do. So I'm really, really uh, leaning towards some people that have been in those shoes before with the writing. So I'm doing a lot of research right now, getting my homework done on that so we can do a nice mini series. But that's something that no, I, I think will be a lot of fun for me. 
you know, and I can't speak for Matthias, but I can speak for myself. If you're looking for a couple extras or some of that would uh, come and uh, help you out, uh, not only be in the film for you, the uh, the series or whatever, uh, you know, uh, Matthias and I, like, I will, I'll come and carry your bags and get your coffee and stuff every morning if you give us the opportunity. I think we'd love to come work for you. I'd love to have you. Love to have you. You don't mind. We can do a lot of work in the, you know, the Pennsylvania, Ohio, West Virginia, New York region. If you don't mind coming east, which, you know, we we got the work. Matthias, would you be game for that? Always up for new opportunities, man. All right, awesome. So we have about. Well, uh, what we have about Granny a... Icon? Yeah. Well. What about Granny? Right, well... You know, you and Matthias are on these movies and everything, and I don't ever get a chance to do anything. All right, well, I'll tell you what, James, can we bring Granny with us, too? I think I insist. I think it's a must. All right, well, I'll tell you what. She, I'll tell you what. She, ma- she makes a mead batch of cookies. She can make, make cookies for the entire crew uh, just for being in the film there. There you go. That's a win. You already won me over with the cookies. Okay. <laughs> what's, your favorite con- what's your favorite cookie? A free one. Uh, either oatmeal raisin or butterscotch. Okay. Love them both. Love them both. I just have to do a lot of sit-ups when I'm done. Make up for it. I do. That's my holiday cheats right there. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I want to thank you, James, for uh, being with us. You have been so wonderful, and hope that uh, you'll have us. Uh, you'll be willing to join us again. And uh, you do have my number. So whenever you need anybody, anybody to fill in for any role, give me a call and. Uh, uh, Matthias and I will jump in the car. We'll come help you out no matter what you need to do. We'll take care of it for you. Will do. I'd love to have you. I appreciate that. And I will definitely let you know as things develop. Thanks for having me today. All right. We appreciate you. Have a great night. Yep. You too. Take care, guys. All right. James Quinn, ladies and gentlemen. So we're just waiting for our our next guest, Ryan Dalton from Celebrity Boxing. Uh, Apparently, this seems to be a boxing theme today. Uh, Let's uh, check on this here real quick. Uh, we have a caller number one nine one zero. What do you got? Who's this? Oh, this is me. This is oh, is the this Ryan? One boxer, the number one heel, indeed it is. And I'm sorry about the nightmare, thinking he's well, that. That would be me, unfortunately. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get that in a second. But I'm going to give you your proper introduction. Uh, but we need to take a quick little commercial break, uh, and then we'll be right back to you. All right. Absolutely. All right, we'll be back. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Suites of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he's a man that will knock you out just for smiling the wrong way. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the king of celebrity boxing. He is Ryan Dalton. Bam! Yeah, that 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 base. Wow, you, you summed it all up right there. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I was kind of hoping you do that quick liner, but crown up right now. Well, yeah. If, if we could, uh, 
Well, we can do that liner uh, later if you like, or if you'd like to do it now, we can do that now. Whatever you like. Ball's in your hands. All right, well, I'll tell you what, we'll do it towards the end. That's that's not a problem. Uh, so we have Ryan Dalton as our guest here. Uh, here's what we're going to do here, Ryan. Uh, we're going to do uh, – uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions, and then we'll do a roundtable, and then we'll come back to me, okay. and I'll ask you the tougher questions. Uh, but first off, give us a little background. Well, uh, all right, well, uh, first off, we started doing uh, stand-up comedy. been doing that for about 12 years. Then, uh, then there was a morning radio show host gig competition. Signed up for that. And beat out 64 uh, other radio DJs, so I have a morning show. Turned that into talking trash to uh, all the champions in celebrity boxing. And their light heavyweight champion uh, agreed to one of my uh, trash talking challenges. And I got in there with him. I've never fought before, never uh, even been in a fight before. But uh, we went in there with him, went three rounds, lost the decision. But damn it, it was close. And I've been loving the boxing ever since. So I was just kind of thinking, you know, you mentioned that you were a stand-up comedian, and then you became a boxer. Uh, did you just, just get tired of people heck, heckling you, so you figured you'd just go knock them out if they said something? No, oh, man, no. That's, no uh, you love playing with the crowd, which is another problem. My boxing coach hates it because I do focus more on the boxing crowd as opposed to the boxer I'm fighting against. So I am looking for doing, like, cheap shots, all that stuff to get the crowd amped up but I'm not doing what I should be doing when it comes to actually boxing. So, uh, no, it's just I love uh, entertaining the crowd. That's what it is. And uh, I love WWE, love UFC. So when it came to that, I'm like, oh, man, I could trash talk, be funny, and do promos, bad mouth any, like, champion that I see. But make it funny. Don't be rude. Don't be cursing. You know, it's not just me. I'm going to kick your ass. You son of a bitch. None of that. It's, it's all where everybody the guy who I'm calling out last. Yeah, so, I do. I do. Uh, it's just, it's just love. And you know, I do appreciate you catching yourself because, as you know, PG language. I appreciate that. So, uh, we have a Ryan, yeah, we have Ryan Dalton as our guest here. And uh, now you have, uh, you had a match, I believe, on March 11th, correct? I did. I had yeah against a former pro boxing uh, champion. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I underestimated him, and uh, he did uh, drop me in the third round in the body shot. I've never felt pain like that before. This dude did weird shots to my, to my gut, to the solar plex, and, oh, man, we, we just couldn't get up, you know. And, but I did go three rounds with, uh, you know, a pro boxing champ. I had no real training going into that due to uh, injuries that I had going into it, but I still had to throw down. And, uh, you know, I hit him with some good licks, but uh, that guy got me, unfortunately. You know, and it's just because I'm calling out the best. I could be calling out cans, but unfortunately, I just like challenging myself. Uh, Ryan Dalton's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. And for those of you who listen to our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, you like that, go to Ken's FM page, 89.1, like that, Attitude Era, Monday, uh, Monday Live Monday, like that, do a $10 month donation, Power Sour. We'll get you qualified to win the autograph picture from a past guest, future guest, or current guest. And uh, Ryan uh, did send us some, so uh, you uh, so get uh, qualified now. But Ryan, before uh, we uh, come back and uh, ask me the top, uh, before I ask you the tougher questions, uh, I'm going to introduce you to my co-host first. 
uh, my first co-host. This is Granny Hawkster, and uh, I know that you're not really a bad guy unless someone uh, <laughs> steps in, unless someone steps in your lane, uh, you know. But Granny <clears throat> does uh, have issues with some of the bad guys, uh, like the one that uh, cheated and knocked you out. Uh, but Granny, what do you have for our guests? <laughs> Go ahead. I love Granny. Well, by the way. well, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you on. And. I don't watch a lot of box. I don't watch a lot of boxing, but I am a big, huge wrestling fan, and I do not yeah. like the heels. I can talk some pretty good smack oh, to the bad guys when I have to. <laughs> but I'm a charming bad guy. How's that? Because like uh, I already could charm- tell you're a very oh, a charming voice. bad guy. Okay, yeah. I've never heard of a charming bad guy. Okay, I, I want to well, be that's... the first. You know, I want to be the first. <laughs> You want to be the first, okay. Well, you might and be you the first because I don't voice. know. I'm just letting it be known. Oh, I don't know of any charming bad guy. But um, so what is your, I mean, I know you did stand-up comedy, you know, and I'm sure that was a lot of fun, you know, and then got into the boxing thing. Um, what's your favorite thing or, you know, your your most challenging match or challenging issue you had to face, you know, whether it came to stand-up comedy or boxing or what you know what has been your one of your biggest challenges hmm that's a good question uh on stage i i feel invincible i feel great uh you know i don't really tell jokes i tell stories so always very uh animated so every every story that i tell everybody in the audience is there with me uh the only thing with boxing would be the challenge would be getting in the face i don't like it you know um it's not fun getting hit in the face so that would probably be my number one challenge because I hate it. My nose is so sensitive, and my eyes are sensitive to punches, so I don't like that. But we've we've learned to deal with it, and uh, you know we throw down when we have to throw down. But whenever they land a shot, I'm very upset. Wow! And I love that's the awesome. You know, I just love her. That is awesome. Uh, we, uh, Ryan uh, Dalton's our guest here. We're on 89.1 Kins FM. And uh, before I get to Matthias, uh, I just got to, uh, 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 you know, basically kill a little time here before we, uh, uh, before we have to fire our legal ID. But now you have a lot of events coming up here in uh, 2023 and 2024. Uh, let's see, you're going to be in Miami, uh, Atlantic City, Atlanta, Georgia, Philadelphia, PA, South Florida, the Bahamas, and uh, a year from now you're going to be in Dubai? Yeah, I mean, that's what they say. I mean, uh, because, yeah, uh, my last fight, because uh, I was dealing with some back injuries, but that's still not enough to, like, really to make me hang up the gloves. The the owner of Celebrity Boxing, David Feldman, wants me to hang up the gloves. He knows I've been dealing with it a lot, but I still want to fight. I still love going in there. I still love, you know throwing bombs. I love playing to the crowd, you know, so, but uh, he wants to take, you know, you know, I've done the radio. I, I do stand up. So I do have the verbal magic that I like to say. And he offered me to do a play by play commentary for celebrity boxing at the event. So I will be going and doing like the Joe Rogan, you know, adding, I guess that uh, comedic flavor to the event. So I will be going to those events and, you know, calling the play by play, but I still want to get in there. You know, I don't want to hang them up just yet. Even though I've been told, even my wife is like, I'm sick of you coming home beat up because I keep calling out <laughs> the biggest, the baddest guys that they got, you know. But uh, I just the challenge, you know, and I'm really good in the fight night video game. 
And I'm thinking that has to translate somehow, but it hasn't yet. So it's, you know, it's a work in progress, but I don't know if I want to hang him up just yet. Uh, we need to uh, take a quick little break. We'll be back after these messages, so stick with us. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZFM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. Brian Crimson, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got uh, 20 minutes here. Uh, now, I want to introduce you to Matthias. Now, Matthias was telling me before the uh, before you came on the air here, he was kind of like uh, checking out some of your pictures, and uh, he was saying that, uh, you know, he could uh, he could take you uh, in a match, and uh, we're going to have him uh, we're going to have him talk about that. Uh, so, uh, Matthias, uh, what uh, what do you think about uh, what do you think about that? The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. <laughs> Well, Icon always is trying to get inside my business and telling lies about me to our guests, but I guess I'll have to talk to you. So there it goes. My name is Matthias. I am the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare. I am North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion and soon-to-be EWI Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion. Matthias, welcome on to my part of my program. Now, when I was no, no. scrolling through your Twitter, um, I saw some celebrity boxing matchups that were going through your Twitter feed. What is one of the more interesting ones, I'd say, that was on a card that you had to be like a part of or that you had to go see? Which one was the more? What one was interesting to you? Uh, on a card, on a card that I was on, that was interesting. Um, hmm. Uh, you know, Kimbo Slice Jr. fought on on one of the cars. I've been trying to get him in the ring because Kimbo Slice is uh, one of my favorite, like, MMA fighters of all time. Got him on my wall in my man cave. And then when I saw Kimbo Slice Jr. was fighting, uh, Baby Slice, they call him, uh, I tried to call him out at the end of the fight. I told him, I have your dad's, you know, poster in my man cave, and I would love to mount your head, like, right next to it. You know, and I thought that would be fantastic because, like, I, I was like, if your dad saw how I fought and how you fought, you would be more, you know, um, more, like, I guess, proud of me than you. And I was trying to get that fight going, and Kimball Slice, uh, no, he, he turned down the fight. I found out they offered him money for the fight, but he didn't want to do it because he didn't want to lose to a comic because that would ruin his reputation. So for that uh that was the biggest fight for me. Roy Jones Jr. was there as well. I did want to fight him as well. So there's a lot. There was a lot of good ones, you know. But I just, I just want to fight everybody. That's kind of what it is. And Matthias, we're going to have to throw down at some point. I'm going to see if I can get you in the ring. You got to throw some boxing gloves and uh, we'll see what we can do for the well, heel Ryan, versus heel. One thing I'll let you know. One thing, Ryan, I'll let you know yeah. is uh, you don't really have to worry about Matthias because he'll take you straight up. He will. You just got to watch out for his manager on the outside of the ring. Oh, we got a dirty manager? All right, you know, I got corner guys, and they will, you know, they will play his manager, and they'll run around the ring, beat up his manager, and then we can keep it uh, straight up one-on-one. I bet your granny would like to see that. We can go in the cage. You know, we can go classic. If we got to do where we don't want outside interference, let's get it in the cage. A cage? Boxing match, OMG, that'd be crazy. Thanks for listening. 
That's awesome. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, Ryan Quinn is our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM, and uh, we have, well, well, we have, we have a good amount of time yet, uh, 17 minutes. Did you have uh, anything else with us? I didn't mean to cut you off there. Well, that's all right. Um, I was going to say, yeah, because I saw that there was Lamar Odom taking on Aaron Carter in a boxing match, so it's just it's kind of yeah. odd. I was going to say I'm I'm more than I am more than willing to get inside of a cage, especially when it's 16 foot high and covered in steel. And if you're ready to fly off a 16 foot high cage like I am, let's go for it. Um, but my main, I guess, another question would be, what is two celebrities besides you and me? Would you like to see get inside of a ring and just knock each other's teeth out? Oh, damn, that's a good one, too. Oh, uh, shoot. i got to pick any two celebs that go in there. Damn, I mean, I feel it's too topical. And it's, 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 mm. You know what? I'm going to go with two of my favorite loudmouths. Let me get Howard Stern. Let me get Gordon Ramsay. Let's get those two guys in the ring. That would be interesting because you got – but then I think Gordon would beat him. I think he's in better shape. So I think that uh, Gordon knocking out Howard Stern, but it would be a fantastic battle between the loudmouth, one's always screaming, the other one's very opinionated. I would like to see those two throw down. I'm not going to lie. That's actually pretty good. I'd take money on that one. Now, is there anybody that uh, – with all those events I talked about earlier, and uh, one thing I was going to ask you, and I'll understand if you turn me down because uh, uh, you you will actually have a match on my birthday, January twenty seventh, twenty twenty four, the Bahamas. Uh, for these matches that are already booked up uh, in May, June, July, September, do you know who you're going to be facing yet, or is, is that still to be determined? No, I believe at this point they want me to just do play by play. I'm going to just be there commentating on all the fights. I mean, if I can get on one, I call everybody out daily. I mean, my whole YouTube, uh, the TikTok, that basically, basically Instagram, uh, Facebook, or what I kind of focus on. So I usually call, I just call everybody out, and let's see who wants a piece. And a lot of people forfeit. So I feel, you know, when they when they say, nah, I'm not interested, it's because you know I probably kick it wet. So oh, I didn't want to say that, but it's probably because I would uh, whoop your butt. So uh, I hope to get in the ring. I want to, but if they just want me to uh, call play by play. Then, then that's what I'll do, unfortunately. But I'll still call everybody out. I want Dane Cook really bad, you know. He was my inspiration to do stand-up comedy, and I've sent him my clips to just say, like, what do you think when I started out? What do you think? Da, da, da. And he never responded, so I feel like I need to hit him in the face for that. So, so with with that being said, then you um, well. With your with your commentary, would you? And I'm sure that you you know you mentioned you like wrestling and everything. So with your commentary, would you say that you're more of a Jr. a Bobby the Brain Heenan or or Tony Schiavone? Ooh, you know, I was thinking. Uh, no, because I think I'm a little bit of a dirty dog, so I want to go towards Jerry Lawler, but slightly blend him with uh, Bobby the Brain. Let's take those two and let's swirl them up, and I think that's what I would be. Because you know Bobby the Brain always had those great one-liners, you know. Oh, he was uh, when he was, yeah, when he was doing comedy. Jerry I can, I can just see that doing that. Appeal going on. Right now, one thing I do got to ask you about, and this is kind of an ego question, and everybody knew it was coming. Uh, the icon made you a cool little collector's card. I noticed that you like to post that. You must really enjoy that. Uh, for, well, I mean, it's a double pick. You know, uh, I love my promo pictures. They're always doing them. 
against the opponent. But, I mean, you did a double where you did, like, me looking good and then that little circle with me in there, too. Uh, uh, yeah, that was a fantastic picture, and I definitely throw that uh, everywhere I can possible. And I hope that if anybody asks you who made it, uh, you uh, you, oh, you throw, throw some kudos my way. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I don't let uh, – I'm not going to hide any names. I'm going to let it be known who the man is. And uh, it ain't Becky Lynch. It is you. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Ryan Dalton's our guest here on 89.1 Kansas FM. We've got about uh, 12 minutes left. So now since uh, they said that they just want you to do audio commentary uh, – not audio commentary. Since they just want you to do uh, commentary and you want to get in the ring, how can they keep you out of the ring? I mean, how well, can they nobody really say, oh, you're just going to be doing the ring? If, well, if nobody accepts a challenge, then we we got – if he keeps offering people – like Joe Riggs, who's like a bare-knuckle fighting champion. I talked to him, uh, Damon Feldman, celebrity boxer. He offered him 10000 to fight me, and he turned it down. He didn't uh, – you know, because I, I, call, I called out James Lightsout Tony and uh, all these, like, big fighters. I called out Chuck Liddell, who did celebrity boxing, and I called him out. And, and Damon will ask if you want to – you know, and he asked him with a certain amount of cash, and they turned it down just for the chance. And I'm like, dude, there's no chance I'm going to beat Chuck Liddell in a fight. But Chuck Liddell said, no, I'm not going to fight him for the chance that I land a shot and I just ruin his fight that knocked out. A comedian doesn't really know how to fight. But I'm going to get in there. And, gonna, and I hit hard. I mean, I do those punching machines. And, damn, I get a high score. So if I land that shot across the chin, you will go 9-9. So... No one wants to take that chance. And I'm not calling out people who don't really know how to fight. I'm only calling out big dogs because it's a big challenge, you know, or it's not really worth me working out. If I'm fighting somebody who I think I could beat up, I want to fight somebody who I know I can't beat up. Because if I do win, holy crap, I just beat that guy, you know. And that puts me in a in a bad spot because I, they don't want to fight me. But I have so with that board. being said, with that being said, is, uh, is there anybody that uh, you like, called out and you're like, uh, well, maybe I probably shouldn't have done that. Oh, uh, well, everybody who, like, the, when I saw they, like, uh, signed Hazel, uh, no, Hafiz, I looked him up and I saw he was an A&O uh, WBC champion. And I was just like, oh, man, I'm going to call him out. And, and I saw him, so I started sending videos and bad-mouthing his gym and everybody in the gym hated me and, you know, Everybody from the gym came out to watch me fight at the last event, and uh, everyone had shirts made up saying, we want to see Ryan Dalton get knocked out. So I, I thought it was amazing. I, people made shirts to, about me getting beat up, and I unfortunately did get beat up, but um, but that was awesome. You know, I came out to booze, and that, that just gets the the blood going. You know, I, I, I'm not going to lie. I love booze. Booze when I'm boxing, cheers when I'm doing stand-up. You know, I love both. Now, I just got to ask you, with with those shirts, did you had to have, like I would have done, did you actually go over and ask to get uh, buy one of those shirts from one of those guys? Damn. Oh, man. You know what? I could reach out to one of them. Uh, no. Would I buy No. I don't want to pay money for a mean shirt about me. I took a picture of it and I posted it, but uh, I can't pay money for a shirt about me. And then I lost. If I won, I probably would have bought that shirt, but... Uh, nope, he done got me with those weird body shots. My coach did not prepare me for, you know, this guy's been, he said he's been boxing for 13, uh, no, since he was 13, and the dude's like 40, I'm 40, and I said I've been training for about two months, 
So, you know, he definitely had the edge on me experience-wise. So. The reason why I asked that is, I, how many of those guys were how many of those guys were wearing those shirts? Uh, it was a solid, uh, a solid, uh, a solid seating section. I would say they had the best seats in the house, and also they all together. And so and just think about this: all, all those guys, all those guys had to pay to make those shirts. So I mean, that would be a cool souvenir, though. When you think about that, uh, they had to pay to have those shirts made. You know, you've done so They made it happen. It read on the shirt. It was like, I want to see the Flash, like knock out Ryan Dalton. I don't know if I want that in my house. That's very bad juju. <laughs> I want it, but I uh, don't. I want it, but I don't. I don't want to explain it, you know, because it's like, yeah, they made that. It, well, it did happen, you know. And then I got to explain how I lost. You know, I think it's just going to break bad memories. Well, you know, I I, I think that's cool. And all the stuff that uh, you've done to this point and all the stuff that you're going to do. But now, I've, I don't know if we covered this or not. Forgive me if, uh, if you, you mentioned this or not. But there's got to be, like, you know, you mentioned that you like to trash talk everybody. But uh, there's got to be, like, one person that you've been trash talking since you started doing this that just won't answer the phone and answer the call to face you. Uh, that was Kimball uh, Jr. When I, when I first on to it and I first signed the contract I heard he was coming on and because I'm so, like my Xbox username is Riboslice like that's how much I love Kimbo Slice and um, when I heard his son was coming on I was like oh my god you can't ask for a better matchup Riboslice versus Kimbo Slice Jr. and uh, yeah he was he was and you know with that where they, you know, you pay them to say something, and I just and I sent them forty bucks, and I, all I wrote was, "Say I'm gonna kick your ass, blah, blah, kick your butt," and he declined my money to just send me a video back. There was a rivalry there, and he won't do it. That's all. What uh, and what has been the fastest you've ever knocked anybody out? What was the what? What is the fastest you've ever knocked somebody out? Wow. Uh, well, unfortunately, my record is one and two, and that uh, so I don't have a. Again, I've never fought a celebrity box. Yeah, your your phone uh, your phone is really cutting out there. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, I, I know totally. that I'm intimidating. Oh no, I hope not. Uh, is that any better now? I'm trying to move to a better angle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a little better. Yep. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh, no, uh, I've never fought before uh, in my whole life. But uh, you know, I'm I'm six one. I'm about two ten. So I felt I'm visually uh, intimidating. So that's why no one ever wanted to fight me. So I thought I would scare the people before we actually box. I thought they would just like quit. You know, when the refs said go, but they don't. They actually fight, and that's a problem. That is awesome. So. Uh... What uh, what kind of training regiment do you have? So I work with New Breed Boxing uh, with Coach V. He, he's a YouTube sensation. Uh, and so there's three days a week for sparring, working out. And, uh, yeah, he definitely got me into shapes where I could last three rounds with these, like, pro boxers. You know, because all celebrity boxing is three rounds. 
And uh, he got me in there to where I can take a licking and keep on ticking. And it's uh, it's been good. I've been able to hang in there, throw good shots back. And, you know, but we're training with maybe a couple months training versus these guys' years of training. So I still take it as a mini W that I can hang with the big guns, you know. And also, with that being said, and I'll understand if you can't answer this question because, uh, you know, you might have a future opponent listening, but what is more devastating, your right or your left? Oh, my right is dirty. Oh, I, I, have, a, I have a dirty right. I don't even call it a right. It's a dirty right. So, and then, like uh, it's the uh, yeah, so, you know, if the, the modern nightmare, if he inhaled one of those, dude would be choking on it. What do you think, Matthias? Could you take it? Well, considering, considering the fact that I've laid, I've laid in barbed wire, I've been punctured by thumbtacks, I've laid in broken glass, I've been hit by baseball bats, steel chairs, the kitchen sink, beer bottles, canes, any sort of situation, a fist is the minorest thing I've ever been hit with. I can take it, taste my blood, get back up for more, and then I'll finish the job. Oh my God. He has no idea. After I hit him, he's going to be like, I wish that was a chair shot. I wish that was a bat. I wish that was barbed wire. What the heck did that guy do to me? And that was just, that was right. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Dalton gets to about three minutes here. So, so we can do this, Ryan. If our fans want to check you out and see if you got a Facebook, an Instagram, YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok, what do you got? Well, we got the classic Ryan Dalton. You can find it on Facebook. You know, it's connected to Celebrity Boxing. And then on Instagram, that's my second biggest platform. We're getting going on that. Uh, and that's Ryan Dalton 316, shooting out to Stone Cold, you know. And uh, Ryan Dalton, we have – well, we only have a couple minutes here left with our buddy here. Uh, with, uh, with all the stuff that uh, you're doing and the stuff that you got coming up, uh, you uh, – you know, doing your audio commentary, uh, is there? Uh, have they ever had to tell you that uh, you can't say this, you can't say that, don't do this, it's okay if you do this, or do you just not care and just do what you want to do? Yeah, we kind of just do what we want to do. Uh, of course, like, uh, profanity is not uh, welcome, and I, even when I do stand-up, we, we rarely ever curse, so that's not an issue. And, uh, yeah, no, we... we uh, we, we say whatever we want to say. They usually pro- they want me to, you know, talk some trash, and uh, <clears throat> that's what I'm good at, and that's what I do. You know, is that is that is that would you say that's your best your favorite skill besides your? Uh, I, besides I your mean, writing? I do love it. I do love it. Yeah, I do love it. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, and you know, I've opened up. Uh, you know, I told I opened up for Jake the Snake multiple times. Uh, Nick Foley, Hacksaw, Jim Cornette, and I, you know. I told Jake, Jake the Snake asked me when we were uh, on stage, he said, who's my favorite wrestler? And I told him, it's John Cena, that's my dude. And, uh, and, and Jake kicked me in the nuts for that. And, uh, and it, was, it was just like a great moment, you know, it was just like a great moment. And I called my wife after that, and I was like, oh, my God, um, Jake, Jake the Snake kicked me in the nuts. And she's like, oh, my God, that's awful. Why did he do that? I'm like, baby, baby. I, J- Jake the Snake, his foot, like, kicked my nuts. He just turned my gardener steak into an anaconda. This is, like, the greatest night of my life. You know, and it's just, like, you've got to appreciate It's just it's that wrestling, oh, man. I mean, I love a good heel. I love a good heel, and 
I enjoy it, and I will try to get uh, the modern knight into that ring just so he knows that I pack a harder punch than a barbed wire bat ever could. Wow. Well, I'll tell you what. We, we will, uh, we're going to try and make that happen. As a matter of fact, I'll let you know uh, where uh, some of the events that he's going to be at. We'll, we'll see if we can't get you uh, out here to Fargo, North Dakota, and we'll see if we can't get that match in the, uh, in the proverbial okay, ring. Or I can get up to Atlantic City. That's, where we, that's the battlefield. Let me get the, the – and let me uh, – uh, let's shut him up a little bit. Because you know? he's going to be the best field. That's just not right. Well, I mean, you know, his turf, my turf, your turf, our turf, we could go anywhere oh. and we'll perform one heck of a fight. I'll go wherever, yeah. whenever. That's all. Well, you'll well, go to I'll sleep wherever, whenever. I packed two, two cans of NyQuil, and that's the left and the right. <laughs> and it'll put you right to sleep. Well, I'll tell you, apnea will keep me awake. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Mr. Dalton, you are so wonderful, and uh, we, we definitely want to get you out here uh, to Fargo here because uh, I would like to see that match. And I'll tell you what, I'll be in your corner, and I know that uh, Matthias here will have his manager in his corner. I'll I'll, uh, I'll take his manager out if he tries to interfere. So, yeah, bring everybody to his funeral. Have everybody come. They can all tell a good eulogy out. All right, thanks, Ryan. You're the man. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Ryan. All right, Ryan Dalton, ladies and gentlemen. What a great interview that was. And, uh, Matthias, I think I may have a phone coming up for you. I think that would be awesome. Uh, No response? Okay. All right, well, I'll tell you what. We need to take a quick little timeout. We'll be back after these messages. And stay with us. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. She is the most beautiful independent film director in history. And she's also a member of the Five Timers Club. She was the first guest I ever booked. On our show, she's here for our seventh anniversary. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the lovely Miss Deborah Richards. Woohoo! Hey guys, this is Deborah Richards. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, the godmother of wrestling, Granny Hulkster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. What's up, guys? So how, how are you? Welcome back. Thank you. I can't believe how many times I've been on this show. I feel like it's like a flicker book of my life. Well, you know, I'll tell you, you like I say, uh, this is our seventh anniversary. You were actually on our uh, the first show of our second year when they allowed me to start uh-huh. booking guests. And uh, you were the first person that actually uh, agreed to be on the show. So uh, we're glad to have you back for our celebration here. Yay, well, I'm honored. It's amazing. So, uh, so much has been happening since the last year. 
Well, let's see. I think the last time that we talked to you, uh, you were uh, doing a – well, actually, the first time we talked to you, you were doing a movie called Boy Meets Girl. And then the last time you were on, uh, you were doing a film called Dark Whites. Uh, what uh, catches up? What have you been up to since then? Oh, my gosh. So, uh, Dark Whites was a short, and it played at, like, um, so many festivals, like 60 festivals around the world. And I got us a lot of juice, and so I got the opportunity to make my first full-length feature film, and that is called Moving a Mountain, and it just came out on Amazon Prime just a couple weeks ago. So uh, go check it out. It's available to buy or rent on Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. Uh, Deborah Rich is our guest here. We have 36 minutes here with Deborah, and uh, we're going to have a little fun here. So here's how we're going to do this, Deborah. I'm going to ask you a few questions, like we do everybody, and okay. then I'm going to do a. Uh, I'll do. A, then we'll do a roundtable. We'll come back to me, and I'll, I'll beg you for a job for one of your next pictures. Uh, we'll try and get Granny and uh, Matthias to come with me as well. But uh, a couple of things that you're doing now. You talked about uh, Move Me No Mountain. How long have you been working on that project? Um, it was uh, two years from start to finish. Two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It was like over 100 people that worked on it. I was the writer, director, DP, editor, <laughs> uh, colorist, production designer, and it stars Kat Lilly. Uh She was in Dope Sick and uh, The Evening Hour. She's amazing. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting suspense drama. Uh, check it out. Leave an honest review. Let us know what you think. And it was a lot of work. Two years. Two years full time. And another film I want to ask you about, uh, and then we can go into detail about all these before we uh, before our show's done. But uh, Shaken Not yeah. Stirred. Now, I was going to ask you about that. Is, is that a, is that based on a true event, or is that a uh, is that a uh, a made up story? Right. Well, it was crazy when when while we were in post production of Moving a Mountain, uh, I had this amazing opportunity to shoot this documentary. So we actually shot a second movie before we'd even finished our first movie. And so it's a documentary. It's called Shaken and Stirred. And um, it's about flare bartenders. You know bartenders that flip bottles and stuff? It's like this whole underground world. These guys, they go around the world competing at these competitions and stuff. It's pretty wild. So we followed um, a bunch of them for like six months to get ready for this big competition. And I don't think there's ever been a documentary about Flair Barton. So it's pretty exciting. It's going to be pretty cool. So so basically, if I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like the movie Cocktail, right, featuring uh, that had uh, Tom Cruise, right, a movie, something like that? Well, funnily enough, Tom Cruise in that movie was trained by John Bambi, who lives in California. And we went down to Cali and we interviewed him about that for the documentary. So that's all in the movie. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Deborah, the lovely Deborah Rich is our guest here. We got uh, 32 minutes here with. Uh, she's a, uh, and I know and nobody cares, but uh, Deborah and I have became great friends over, well, over the last six or seven years, I believe. Right, Deborah, you and I have known each other that long. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time. It's crazy. And, uh, you know, you're one of, uh, you're actually one of my closest friends that I've had as a guest on the show. And just so everybody oh. knows, oh, he's only putting his, you know, he's only having his friends. No, that's not the case. Uh, I just happen to uh, charm more uh, more people than uh, the rest of you do. So that's something we'll talk about later. But 
I'm going to introduce you to another friend of yours that that uh, I believe that you really have a lot of fun with, uh, Granny. Uh, you remember when we had Deborah on? Uh, we had her on uh, your third appearance as a co-host. Uh, what do you got for our guest? Go ahead, Granny. Well, welcome back. Welcome back to the show. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on with us tonight on our anniversary show. So it sounds like you've been quite busy since you've been with us last time. Uh, Oh my gosh! Yeah. What are what are some of the most um, interesting projects, if you can share, you know, that you've been doing, you know, since you've been on with us last? Right. Well, I mean, I've I've pretty predominantly been working on my feature film, but I have shot a bunch of TV commercials in the meantime as well. And I also worked on the Formula One racing. Um, I edited some of that uh, at the live event here in Las Vegas. And uh, I also worked at uh, some uh, big music festivals. Uh, There was Outside Lands in San Francisco and Electric Daisy Carnival in in Las Vegas. These are really big events. Like EDC in Las Vegas gets like about half a million people in three days. So pretty big events. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, That's I'm awesome. doing the live editing for that. Um, That's awesome. So, I, so I've been doing a bunch of freelancing, but I'm really excited because two years ago, um, like two, I, I've been directing for like 10 years, and I've done like about 100 commercials. But two years ago, I got the opportunity to make my first film, and like my first full-length feature film. And, and since then, now I'm working on my third feature film, and my team has like blown up, and it's it's very exciting, and I'm really really proud of the team, and I'm really happy for everyone. That's amazing. Uh, the lovely Deborah, the lovely Deborah Richards is our guest here, and you know Deborah, I'm not just saying that because you know you are beautiful, and uh, oh, you are thanks. probably one of the uh, one of the cooler uh, people that we've had on the show, uh, and. Uh, one thing that we are going to ask you after we uh, after you talk to Matthias is uh, we're going to talk to you about uh, any future projects you got coming up, and I'm going to try and get me and Matthias yeah. a job. But uh, Matthias, uh, you know, uh, you I don't think you've uh, been on with us when we had Deborah on before, have you? No, uh, I, I, I don't think I've met Matthias yet. No, not that I'm familiar with. No. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna have. Uh, uh, Deborah, I'm going to introduce you to uh, the modern nightmare Matthias, and uh, he does have a mouthful. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. So uh, he's going to uh, give his little spiel, and then uh, you can see his, stat- uh, his status, and then maybe you'll want to put him in the picture, too. Go ahead, Matthias. What do you got? Well, yes, you are talking to the man from every woman's greatest dream and every man's worst nightmare, North Dakota's number one heel, current reigning, defending, undisputed APW World Heavyweight Champion, and soon-to-be EWI Epic and BZW World Tag Team Champion, Matthias here. Welcome on to my part of the program. Now, my main question to you would be, I've been I've been a fan of filmmaking and stuff throughout my years of schooling and stuff like that as well. As a fact, my my uh, program for college or my study was communications and under filming and stuff like that. So, who were one of your uh, major influences that basically pushed you into the career choice you've had throughout your entire life? 
Mm. Mm. Honestly, I I think, um, well, I mean, there were so many film influences, right? I mean, I could just rattle off names, right? Kubrick and and, and Scorsese and Tantino and yada, yada. But um, but I think that the the one person, funnily enough, who kind of pushed me into this uh, was a friend of mine at at, uh, college. We were at film school together, and... I was kind of having a crisis, wondering, like, you know, should I, should I, you know, pursue a career in Hollywood? And this was, like, in 2016. And um, and he, he really, we went on a road trip to California, and we had a really great time, and we talked about it a lot, and he really pushed me into it. He said, you know, you, you can be anything you want, and, and you should go for it. And, and like, immediately after, I um, won four Emmys, and uh, co-wrote that with him, and he's become a really successful comedian, Kyle Anderson, and he, he moved to uh, California and blew up as comedian, and in a couple of weeks' time, he's actually headlining in Las Vegas, where, where I live, so I'm really excited to go see him uh, headlining on the strip. Um, but yeah, he, he funnily enough, it was a, a, a buddy in college who became a comedian. Oh, wow, Okay. Now, Matthias, I think uh, you'd, uh, you you also could be a bodyguard for Deborah, couldn't you? Well, being six foot two and two hundred sixty pounds, you know, I can get the job done. But I mean, I can only possibly stop a bullet once, depending on where it hits me. So, I mean, I could do my best. <laughs> so now, Deborah, you have, uh, uh, you know, uh, we get uh, like I say on our show, we get a lot of our information from imbd dot uh, com here. Uh, you know, you have yeah. the main uh, the main things that you have uh, listed in IMDb, Shaken uh, and Stirred, uh, Dark Lace, Boy Meets Girl, Move, Move Me No Mountains. But some of the other projects that you've done, uh, like, uh, I've, uh, is it Heli uh, uh, Exum and uh, Five Ways to Get Rich uh, were also a couple yeah, of your uh, projects. Like old um, film school uh, shorts, you know, like when I first started out. But... Um, but right right now, I'm, I'm kind of juggling three feature films because Moving the Mountain just came out. We're in post-production of Shaken and Stirred, and that's going to come out this time next year. And i got a bit of a scoop for you. Uh, it's not on my MVB yet because this, this is a scoop just for you guys. I'm going to be shooting a horror movie in March next year that's going to come out in, at Halloween time next year. And that's called Scissor Mouse. And that's all I can tell you about it. Well, let me ask you this. Are you going to need some extras for that movie? Maybe, if you don't mind uh, lying all day in a pool of blood. Matthias, you game? Like I said, good for any opportunity. Let's do it. Uh, do you know where you're going to be <laughs> filming that yet? Or, or like can't you go into I do like the bodyguard idea. I do like the bodyguard idea. I could use the bodyguard in the uh, do, you, do you know where you're going to be filming at? I'm pretty sure it's going to be Las Vegas. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, uh, Matthias. I know you hate me when I uh, hate when I speak for you, but here's here's what we'll be willing to do, Deborah, because we love you so much and we do want to come work for you, and Granny does too. Uh, we would be coming out there. We'd be willing to come out there and help you out. Uh, either be extras or what have you. Uh, and then, like when Matthias is on the set, I'll go carry your bags. I'll go get your coffee or cappuccino, or whatever. Then, uh, when uh, I'm on set, uh, Matthias can be your bodyguard and hold off all the the, the crazed fans. 
Uh, we, we would do that just to come work with you. I love it. Sounds like a plan. Let's do it. Uh, I'll talk to manager. You talk to your agent. We'll set it up. Well, I am Matthias's agent, and he's mine. So uh, uh, we're <laughs> even better. And, unfortun- and unfortunately, Granny doesn't have an agent. So you know, I'm going to have to work on that. You know what, well, Granny? You don't I, guess, I, I, guess, I guess Granny is her own. I guess I am my own agent. You know, so. You know what's crazy, guys? Two years ago, it was just myself and my producer, Patrick Watts. And then, and, and now, just two years later, I got a full-time assistant, I got a manager, a lawyer, a publicist, a PR firm, a part-time social media person. It's crazy. It's crazy what a difference two years can make. Now, uh, with, all the, with, all those, uh, with all those staff members, uh, I'm just kind of curious because, you know, we, we've been talking about uh, you and I working together, well, for, what, six years now. But if someone wanted to be part of your staff, uh, do, you, do, you send out, uh, do you send out, like, peelers and say, I'm looking for this kind of person, these are the qualifications you need? Or do people come up and say, hey, I can do this, this, and that? Um, you, you know, it, it really depends what we're kind of looking for. Like, for example, um, I'm looking, I've been looking to onboard a wardrobe person recently. So we asked a few other director friends and producer friends, you know, for recommendations, that kind of thing. But then also, like, the other day I was giving a speech at this um, art installation thing to the employees. And at the end of it, I, I said, you know, I'm looking for an intern. You know, if anyone knows of anyone, let me know. So, you know, different um, different kind of uh, roles we go we go about different, you know, ways to fill in them kind of thing. But if anyone ever wants to get in touch with me, uh, I'm really active on Instagram, and you can always reach me at Debbie and Pink. And uh, uh, here's one thing I bet you guys didn't know. Uh, Matthias and Granny, did you know that Deborah has won four Emmys? Did you guys know that? She's won four Emmys? I did not know wow. that. It's impressive. Yeah, that was all the way back in 2016. It was, uh, it was a short I did called Boy Meets Girl, and it won um, Best Director, Best Screenwriter, Best Editing, and Best Short in the uh, Southwest Production Emmys uh, in the student category because I was in film school at the time. You know, awesome. I, I did ask, I did ask you this the last time you're on. I, I I loved your answer, so I'm going to ask it again. Uh, with your four Emmys, I believe you said that you keep them in a glass cabinet with a uh, uh, with a with a uh, like a anti theft device, right? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing quite that elaborate. They're just literally on a bookshelf in my living room. Um, yeah, there's nothing, nothing crazy like that. <laughs> But there is a funny story to them because they, they, they gave them to me. And because they were in the student category, supposed to give them to the school, for the school to display. And I said, there's no way you're getting these out of my out of my hands. There's no way. I just want four Emmys. There's no way I'm giving these away. So um, we ended up doing a deal with the people that give the Emmys and we did a duplicate set just for the school. And, like, no one's meant no. to know about that, so don't tell anyone. Now, I'd like to kind of – I've always wanted to ask this about uh, the reward show uh, – the, not re- – the award show. 
Now, when you when you uh, when they announced the the different categories and now offer best picture or best screenwriter, best director, whatever it is. Now, when you go up there, now they you don't get the actual award that you get to keep, right? It's actually like everybody like has like the same award, and then like a couple weeks later, they send you the actual trophy with your name on it, or do you get the actual trophy oh, that night? You know what? That might that might be true for like the main awards, because like everything with with mine was a little bit funky because it was in the student category, so like even the. Um, you know, like, the statue I got looks kind of, like, different from the main awards. So, um, so yeah, that, that that sounds like something they would do. <laughs> now, and with that being said, uh, uh, and I don't know if this would ever happen, but uh, if they gave you an award and you looked at your, and they, they spelled your name wrong, what would you do? Oh, you know, something else I'm not supposed to tell anyone. This is a secret, okay? When they gave me the four Emmys, uh, one of them, they on the back of it, they printed um, that the Emmys that I got because of student category, they're like um, these really solid, chunky glass pillar things, and they're engraved on both sides. And on the back, they engraved the, um, the Emmy logo award thingy upside down on one of them. And uh, I told them about it, and they were like, oh, you have to send it back. And I was like, no, no, I, I kind of like it. I kind of want to keep it because it's kind of a school. And they were like, no, no, absolutely not. You have to send it back. And I was like, oh, okay. So they, they, they reprinted it. So, yeah, that stuff happened. So with that being said, then, I mean, technically, you know, like uh, Matthias and I, you know, back back in the day, you know, we, we collected baseball cards and Pokemon cards uh, with that with that trophy. That's kind of like a, a technically like an air card that would be worth a lot more money because of the air. Exactly, exactly. That's why I wanted to keep it. I thought it was kind of special. And the other thing I was going to ask now: Are there rules as uh, as you're given these awards? Are there like rules that saying like uh, since you're getting this award? I know, like the Grammys and the uh, and some of the other uh, awards have this that you cannot uh, is presented to you, so you can't ever sell it for any amount of money because uh, that would, is that, that goes against rules, or is that not the case? That's interesting. I have no idea. I mean, like who would who would sell it? Like, why would I sell Miami? Do people do that? Well, no. It's just that you is know that on Pawn Stars. Uh, on Pawn Stars about, uh, I think it was like six or seven seasons ago, a guy pawned an Emmy. I'm, I'm not an Emmy, but a, um, what, what is that, what is that award, the, the music award? Uh, not an Oscar, the, the one oh, with the record Grammy. player. Grammy. A Grammy. Grammy. Yeah, the guy, yeah, the guy sold his Grammy to the Pawn Stars, and uh, the Grammys uh, contacted the, the pawn shop about a week later saying, uh, you have to give that back to us. You you are not allowed yeah. to own this, and then they yeah. they I think I think they paid uh, I think they paid a uh, hundred thousand dollars for it, and they lost that money because they they weren't allowed to profit yeah. for it. God, well there you go, there you go. There's lesson. I mean, like I I have no plans on uh, uh selling my Emmys, but um, why? How much you got? <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, I no, I wouldn't want to buy one. I would just like I would just like to come by and just like to hold it, like take a picture with it. 
You know, it's so funny. Everyone that comes over, they always like, they, everyone does that. They take a photo with them. And they, everyone likes the Emmys. Uh, has anybody ever tried to hold all four up at one time? <laughs> you know what? They're really heavy. <laughs> Super heavy. And uh, I, they are made, uh, I do believe they're made with real gold too, aren't they? No, the ones I have are like these glass pillars. They're wow. like these really solid chunks of like glass pillars. They look like something from Superman's Frozen Castle. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Deborah Richards, I guess, here on 89.1 Kens FM, and we have uh, 15 minutes here with uh, Deborah. So now you said that uh, you know you got uh, you got a couple of other projects that uh, you're working on, uh, and I'll yeah. understand if you can't. You mentioned those, but uh, can you kind of give us a little hint on uh, how many uh, uh, or when you'll start production on these other projects besides the one that you talked to us in Vegas? Yeah, well, I mean, that, that that's, I mean, each movie I do takes two years of my life at least, right? So, but, but they kind of overlap. So I'm in this situation where I'm promoting Movie in a Mountain, which just came out, and at the same time, we've just gone into post-production on Shaken and Third, the documentary about the underground world of flair bartending. And that's going to come out this time next year. And so now we're, we're literally in development and doing tests for the um, horror film, Scissor Mouth, that we're going to do in March that comes out in Halloween next year. So um, now you, right now my living room looks like a film studio, and I'm trying to turn it into a underground basement. So um, it's chaos at my place right now. Now, uh, let's see. You live in Vegas, right? I do. You know what's crazy? I live um, I live in a, a, an apartment, like a penthouse, on the strip, and. I'm literally converting my living room into a basement for 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 a test for this movie set. Now, uh, now, Matthias, we know that you love horror films, right? Absolutely. Now, did you know that she did a movie called The United States of Horror, Chapter 1? Maybe uh, you and I can get in The United States of Horror, Chapter 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. I mean, like I said, I'm the more the merrier. I'm down to do down to do some horror films. Like I said, horror films has been my favorite genre. Uh, besides comedy, for ever since I can remember. So, yeah, I'd be more than willing to do something for, uh, for a horror film. Now, Deborah, with that you being know, said... You're uh, going to get a real kick out of, uh, out of my movie, Sizzle Mouth, when it comes out next year at Halloween. Maybe you can come to the uh, red carpet, guys, because it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a, a pretty violent, scary, messed-up, crazy movie. So uh, I just thought, I'm really, really excited about it. I just have an idea. Matthias, go with me on this. All right, here, how about this, Deborah? Both Matthias and I come out for the premiere, and uh, you have me on one arm, Matthias in the other, and we'll escort you in. Perfect. I love it. What do you think, Matthias? You game? Yeah. All right. Now, with, uh, you know, with uh, the movies uh, uh, Dark Lights and uh, Move Me No Mountains, I mean, they have just gotten great responses. Do you have plans on making sequels for any of those, or are, are sequels not really in your wheelhouse? Well, Dark Lights is a short, 
So if anything happens to Dark Lights, maybe one day it will be expanded out into a full-length feature film, you know? Um, but Moving a Mountain, uh, it's a suspense drama, and I've always considered myself like an author in training. So I, I never want to be pigeonholed as a director of one genre. You know, I always like to play in different sandboxes, and I like to experiment in different genres. So, um, you know, I've gone, on my first three films, I'm going from suspense drama to documentary to horror. So, and I love that. I love that. But I want to keep experimenting and going into different genres. I'm, I'm not really into, like, sequels. Uh, you, you know, I, I think sequels are just so overplayed and played out. Uh, you know, I'd rather just kind of, I get too excited about the next thing, you know? And uh, how many uh, how many projects uh, do you, uh, like have you started writing for now uh, that you that you want to do in the future? Like, do you have like four or five ideas that you need to like start writing down, or do you have ideas that you wrote down that you're eventually going to start doing a movie for? Sure. Um, yeah. You know what? Someone said to me like um, like 15 years ago. Someone once said to me when you when when you get your uh, chance to shoot your shot. Hollywood, you better have uh, um, 10 ideas in your back pocket, because if they say, hey, what else you got, kid? You better you better be ready with some ideas, right? So, um, I've been putting ideas in my back pocket for like 15 years, so I've got like i got more ideas than I have lifetime, you know, available to to, um, to make all those movies. Uh, that's the sad reality, you know, it takes so long to make a movie that, um, uh, you know, I, I I can probably squeeze out another 10 movies at best in my life, but I, I certainly have, like, you know, over 20 ideas, and I'm still coming up with new ideas. So, you know, you kind of put some, some things on the shelf, and you revisit them later, and you dust them off. And, uh, sometimes, like, um, for example, the idea for Scissormouth, it's an idea that I had when I was back in film school, like, years ago. I've had tons of ideas since Scissormouth, right? But I was pitching it to my manager, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, that's amazing! You should do that next." So yeah, I got tons of ideas in the back pocket. Uh, Deborah Richards, our guest here, we're on eighty-nine point one Ken's FM. For those of you who listen to our pay, uh, our show on a regular basis, if you go to our Facebook page, Add to the Air Monday Live Monday, like that. Go to eighty-nine point one Ken's FM page, like that. Do a ten-dollar month donation, to Power of the Tower. We'll get you automatically qualified to win a past guest, current guest, or future guest. And uh, Deborah, by the way, I want to thank you for the uh, for the autographed pictures that you sent us, and we'll be uh, giving those away. Of course, except for the one that you autographed to me, that is going on my uh, that is going on my uh, superstar wall in my man cave, and uh, I am never going to give that picture up. It is it was very beautiful. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Now, when you are, are are developing these uh, different type of movies and everything, uh, do you, like, start, uh, like, writing this stuff down as, like, as you're writing, the, writing out the information for the character stuff? Do you, like, like get a picture of an actor, actors in your head that would be perfect for that role? Or do you, like, uh, say that, well, this person could work or this person could work? Or uh, did someone come up and say, someone come up to you and say, uh, hey, I understand that you got a new project, uh, do you think I'd fit in? Kind of take us through that a little bit. 
Wait, right, sure, sure, sure. Well, at the beginning of the process, um, for me personally, when I'm writing, I like to uh, imagine a character. Uh, for example, um, I'm writing a character right now, and we were talking today about using um, uh, what was the movie American Hustle. The movie American Hustle. Uh, Jennifer, the actress Jennifer Lawrence plays a character in that movie, and uh, my writing uh, partner and I, we were um, using that as 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 a basis for a character, so that we had a common point of reference and. And then that way, when I start writing, I can kind of, you know, write in that voice. And the character will change or grow or morph a little, but it's always kind of um, good for me to to, to kind of um, think of an existing character and kind of start there. Or even if it's just an actor, you know, because, like, different actors have certain mannerisms and stuff, and it just makes it a little easier for, like, writing for me you know, to, to think of the dialogue and stuff, because I can imagine that person saying it. Um, but then when it gets closer to the movie, there's so many variables that take over, whether it be budget or politics or um, opportunities or windows of opportunities or, um, you know, when, when people are available and when they're not available or who's contactable and who can we reach and who can't we reach and... So there's a whole bunch of variables that go into the casting. And when you when you come to those different variables, is there what is there like one thing that always seems to be a roadblock with every project? Besides besides funding, we know that. But is there like any no, other big roadblock? Funding isn't actually a roadblock. Ironically. Um, Funding for my first movie was difficult. Uh, funding for my second movie was pretty easy. Funding for my third movie was just like me clicking my fingers. It was crazy. Um, but uh, so I, I think time, time's always the the enemy. You know, we, you can always use more time, and every every department needs more time. Every stage of the movie needs more time. It, it always comes down to time. And I guess you could argue time is money, so it comes down to money at the end of the day. But um, I don't think of it like that. I always think of uh, time as a challenge. You know, and you also mentioned a little earlier that your projects usually take two years of your life. Now, you're not filming for two years straight, are you? Uh, is that, that that all can, like, the two years like does that uh, include finding a cast member, filming, editing, Distributing, di- di- distributing, distributing. Uh, that's all in the two-year process, right? Because you're not filming for two years straight, are you? Correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 life of a film starts with development, which is when you're writing or creating. And who's to say how long that is? That's like how long is a piece of string? That could be ten years or one weekend. Um, you know, for me, it's a few months usually. And uh, then, then we go into uh, pre-production um, when we're, um, you know, after we've raised the money, and, and and that that can take like you know three or four months, and then we shoot, which is actually the shortest part of the whole process, which usually takes less than three weeks, and uh, and then post-production, which is always the longest part of the process, which usually takes a year or a little bit over a year. And in the in the whole process, what is besides being beside the camera? Because that'd be too easy. What is your favorite thing about the whole process of making these movies? 
Oh wow! I I really like um. I I I really like the satisfaction of once it's all come together of um the 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 magic of movies. You know, like literally movie magic, like uh, taking people to different places. Um, you know, creating illusions with pixels and light. Um, and and seeing people's responses to it. You know, like. We did a test screening of Moving a Mountain at the Nevada Women's Film Festival last year. And um, just before it finished uh, um, screening, they, they called me out into the hallway to mic me up because I was going to go on stage and do a Q&A. And so when I was in the hallway and the credits started rolling, I heard like, you know, three, four hundred people like cheering and, and clapping. And that was so cool to, to like hear that through the wall kind of thing. That was kind of magical. And and you're like the whole time you're like this is this is for me. They're cheering for me. Well, it's it's a lot of people that make a film. It's my name on the box, but I mean, like with Moving the Mountain, there was like a hundred people that worked on the movie. So um, you know, I get the credit, but um, it's it's truly teamwork makes the dream work. You know, I could I couldn't do it without all the incredibly talented uh, professionals that I work with. Uh, at every level, and um, you know, every movie is like that. It's the most collaborative form of art, and um, so it's, it's it's remarkable when it goes right because there's so many things to go wrong. Um, but it's testament to the people that work on it. And uh, what would you say has been uh, in any of these projects that you've done uh, before you started filming? Or after you were done filming, what would you say was the, uh, if any, was anything that uh, you were disappointed in? Oh, that I was disappointed? Oh, there's so many things you get <laughs> disappointed in filmmaking. Filmmaking is never ending series of disappointments. That, 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 that's what filmmaking is. Uh, Ron Howard once uh, said, um, you know, every movie will break your heart at some point. And I think you should have changed that to every movie will break your heart again and again. It's just it's just the way it is. Um, you know, you can prepare as much as you can prepare, 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 and then something is just, you know, just happens. Like, you can scout a location, and then on the day you get there and it's raining, and you have to shoot in the rain now. Um, like, you know, The Shawshank Redemption, one of the most popular movies of all time. They ran out of money and never shot the last 12 pages of that movie. They had to scramble to, to, to gather an ending to that movie because they, they ran out of money. And that, that's filmmaking 101. Um, you just always got to constantly pivot. Uh, you might maybe want one song for your movie and you can't get it. And, and then someone else writes an even better song. You know, it's it's a lot of um, uh, with with collaborating on such a massive scale. There's a lot of uh, concessions you have to make along the way, and sometimes things are just completely out of your control. Out of your control. So it's, it's it's a very frustrating process, but it's incredibly satisfying when it's all done. Well, we uh, we have uh, Deborah Richards, our guest here. Unfortunately, we only got about uh, 60 seconds here left with Deborah. I wish it was uh, 60 more years, but we are definitely going to have you on again because I I believe you're going to be the first one to reach the 10 Timers Club because you've already got eight. So uh, 
Uh, Deborah, if our fans want to check you out and see it, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Yeah, just uh, find me on Instagram. I mean, it's real easy to find me. Just Google Deborah Richards. I'm a public speaker. I'm a filmmaker. So uh, just Google my name and click on my Instagram and let's see Instagram. And you know that, uh, Deb, uh, my lines, all, my phone's always open to you. I'll always answer your calls. So whenever you need somebody, uh, just call us, and uh, Matthias and I will be down there to help you out no matter what it takes. We'll get down there to help you out. Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. And that goes both ways. You can, uh, uh, you can always hit me up. All right, we love you, Deborah. I'll tell you what, as a matter of fact, I'll call you after the show because I do have other, a few other things uh, I'll chat with you about. So we love you, Deborah. Thank you for being with us, and uh, have a great night. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your schedule. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great night. Love you. Bye. All right. Deborah Richards, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, uh, that was a good uh, show, wasn't it, guys? Not bad for a seventh anniversary show, was it? <clears throat> yeah, it was great. It was pretty good. Well, you know, uh, I wonder what happened to the big swing. Anybody anybody know what happened to him, where he checked out to? No idea. Uh, were the Yankees playing today, tonight? I don't know. I don't follow mm, baseball as much. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I uh, well, I know that uh, every uh, everything is going good here on our show, 89.1 Kids FM. And if you want to know what we're going to have on next week, as you know, uh, you have to go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era, Monday Live Monday, to see what we got uh, coming on next. Uh, the, inter- the updates either drop on Wednesday or Thursday uh, for the following Monday show. And uh, we're going to be here every Monday night on 89.1 Kids FM. we got uh, Matthias here. He'll be here next week. And uh, Granny will be here next week. And uh, who knows when Matthias will show up. And uh, we might even have Ken pop in every once in a while because we love when Ken pops in. Uh, sorry about that So with about uh, 60 seconds left here in the show uh, We want to tell everybody uh, To love each other Care for each other uh, Join us next week Same time, same channel And uh, you know, as always uh, Remember this It's not goodbye It's just goodnight We'll see you next week Right here on 89.1 Ken's FM Every Monday night 9pm to 11pm Central Standard Time and remember, if you can't be good, be bad. I think you know me.